you have some sort of introduction on this podcast? Yep. Okay. Hi there, and uh, welcome to Chop Shop Economics. We're in a very special episode where we have a guest expert uh, regarding international shipping and the data analysis thereof. But first things first, let's do our introductions. I'm St. Helen. I am Silver. Uh, Doc is not available. And our very special guest is uh, someone who's going by the pseudonym Noel because she's got a big time data analysis job where her name is known. Well, it's because I don't take any L's. Always winning. Always stay Please. winning. And speaking of winning, we want you guys to subscribe to our Patreon so you get more special episodes like this. Yeah. More goody, goody, yummy, yummy, juicy episodes with guests that are experts at what they're doing and relevant to the podcast. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Just five bucks Perks, a month. These are the only treats you're going to be able to get due to this quadrant crisis, so you better <laughs> you better get on this Patreon for just five bucks a month. It's worthwhile, I assure you. Yeah. Shop shop economics, <laughs> you baby. Our <laughs> <laughs> uh, our special our special treat boys, treat girls and treat envies. Yeah. Yeah. You know you want it. Patreon.com well. slash Chop Shop Economics. You know, five bucks a month. Get our Discord. Pay our server bills. Um, maybe someday. Pay us to do shit. I don't know. This guy yeah. is the limit. <laughs> hey, my mic comes from Patreon proceeds. So who knows what could come next? A whole studio? Probably not. But maybe if, like, more patreons than listeners start subscribing anyway let's get into it okay so noel what is it you do so uh i'm what some people describe as an international maritime shipping analyst in essence i look at the data generated by u.s customs and the customs offices of other countries and try to find insights from what people report being shipped into the country. Um, so with that, um, we can get like a really good overview of like economic situations like tariffs and stuffs or like excluded and sanctioned companies. And so, you know, we can see like this company has been using forced labor and they just got banned from, you know, importing goods into the U.S. And we can see, you know, um, what chocolate manufacturers were getting palm oil from them. Ooh. And, um, you know, we share that info with um, journalists, um, other interested parties. Hmm, yes, we're very interested. And uh, so, like, you're one of the people who's just sitting there in the data mines all day and just, like, pulling up all this... All these numbers that end up on these uh, news articles that we read for the show and stuff like that, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, it ends up on the TV. Sometimes it ends up in random, strange news articles. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, there's a chance if you're one of the people who follows this crisis religiously that you've seen like one of my charts or like some of our data in something that's yeah but like speaking of the crisis what crisis is happening i i heard from uh from tucker carlson that christmas has been canceled by joe biden um what does this have to do with shipping well see Shipping hasn't been canceled due to Joe Biden. It has been canceled due to, um, well, a number of factors. So <laughs> you really want stuff in the ports basically three months before 
you have like a major holiday. You want this stuff on the shelves. You don't want this after Christmas is over or anything. And it, it's very funny. Um, I did an evaluation of this last year in 2020, and I believe after Christmas, but before everyone started, you know, shipping stuff, you know, early, like January shipments of Christmas related items that just arrived into the ports late because of like COVID and all of that. There are like a thousand container loads of just random Christmas items. And when you look at the curve of like Christmas shipments and with the current disruption and delays in shipping where we have like 111 ships off the coast of LA, well, <laughs> it's looking bad, folks. It's looking bad. It, it may, and we can't delay Christmas. It's not one of those fake holidays that changes its date or anything. So uh, I hope you like celebrating Christmas on Valentine's Day. Folks. Yeah, so like, so what this means is that like when when these stores are like stocking up for Christmas or even, I mean, like normally they're they're already getting like filled up with goods for black Friday right now. But like what we're seeing is, uh, just stuff backed up several months behind their, uh, delivery, uh, as of usual. Right. And, uh, part of this is of course, like the trucker shortage and stuff like that. But like, what do you think? Like, the root cause of it is is it like a labor shortage is it like the 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 steel prices and the container prices causing you know all sorts of catastrophe in production what what do you think it is so the way sort of i saw it coming out from the port of la's director really early on in the pandemic is he was like longshoremen are essential workers and like they should get the vaccine early and uh they didn't get the vaccine early and there was a kind of substantial outbreak at one of the either the port of la or the port of long beach that sort of it took out a lot of people i mean it didn't like kill them but like people got like sick that started causing delays and the longshoremen sort of you know, they get paid, like, half a million dollars a year. They have really good union jobs. They're, like, uh, real cushy shit. You know, the reason why they have those real cushy jobs is because, like, one of them dips. If, like, they decided to strike, that's sort of, like, it's over forgetting anything into the U.S. Like, a lot of stuff goes through the Port of L.A. and Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, I recall uh, last time they striked here on the West Coast, they were talking about, like, billions of dollars in damages every day. It was... Yeah, it's it's kind of equivalent to just, like, Tokyo drifting a ship into the Suez Canal. Um... But they, they can do that voluntarily. Well, I mean, the... You know, maybe the ship captain did that voluntarily. He did kind of draw a dick before doing it. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty epic moment, um, and so, so so you're saying like okay, so so has there been like a work slowdown since the COVID outbreak, or has there just been like a worker yeah. shortage? What's going on? So there's a slowdown, and then the congestion just sort of builds because you know you get one ship unloaded and you have all these ships offshore, you can't really, like, double-time it. Because, like, the port's working at capacity. It's working as fast as the cranes can go. It's working as fast as the trucks can go. And so right now, one of the big crises that sort of, for this, like, current phase of the shipping stuff is some of the wildfires, like, interfered with rail, and there was, like, a severance between, like, the main link from, like... California to like you know up north like Portland and all that stuff and you would have to take like a thousand mile diversion if you wanted to get it there by rail and so 
So you get all of these weird rail severances because this country's like rail infrastructure has been crumbling since like we decided to build it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, I I remember yeah. actually taking that bridge uh, on my multiple trips down the coast Starlight uh, Amtrak, and when I saw the bridge go out on the news, like I, there was like you know oh this bridge burned down. It's like oh no that's kind of important yeah that's a that's a that's a very you... busy double tracked section like yeah you have to move so then they had to go out from la across the sierra nevadas or way out and then they had to track north from there on the other side of the mountains and then the route there also got severed which meant that basically they had to like hoof it almost all the way to like texas and then take a left turn at fucking albuquerque or whatever <laughs> and go all the way north and then another left turn until they could get to you know portland and it's like a lot of the stuff it's like it's already like destined to go on like freight cars and like trains and stuff they can't just unload it and put it on a truck and then you get to the trucker shortage and it's truckers have been like going out of fashion since the 1980s and sort of the way they've been treated in the media for like the past like two decades of like futurist elon musk desire to be like uh actually you're going to be replaced and you're doing a terrible job and nobody needs you and you shouldn't go into trucking well they just did that so they could pay people less and it turns out when you pay people less, there's less people. God. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty basic supply and demand problem right there. Um, what happens? Wh- what happens when you uh, systematically tell people that like trucking is a shitty job and that it's not a career you can get invested in, and then like also present these huge hurdles to becoming a trucker? With regards to like their yeah, they equity and yeah, they want they often want you to uh, come in already with your with your licensing with your licensing and all of that stuff. They want you to come in with experience because they can't because uh, they're running so lean they can't afford to train anybody. And what happens is there's it's really hard to on road into trucking, and then when you get into it. It's not going to pay as well as the older guys, you know, and it never will. And then that's that's the thing. Lean. That's what I really want to like mm-hmm. drill into. It's this just in time shipping stuff because of people like me, the sort of like analysts that are like, hey, you know, it's, it's just a bunch of numbers. Let's get rid of all the warehouses and basically just drop shift stuff to stores and try to maintain as little footprint as possible and just get it from the manufacturers. And so you just have like central, like national distribution hubs directly to stores. You don't have like warehouse districts and cities are like empty. Well, now they're starting to build more warehouses because of the whole, uh, you know, having to store all of the containers that they can't actually get onto you know long road trucks oh yeah yeah one of the fun things i i read about this is that um there's very limited container lot space in all of la and so what they've had to do is they start driving out these containers that they unload or that they're going to load and they have to drive them out to like the mojave desert like you know it's like they have to drive them for an hour two hours something like that and then they just drop them at these like big fields and stack them up as much as they can with like the equipment they've got and then they like and all of this uh trucker labor that goes into scooting around these containers is go is you know being diverted from actually delivering containers or you know feeding trains and stuff because they uh, they want to get rid of the ships, but then now yeah, weren't they like dumping containers in residential neighborhoods and such? Yeah, they they were they 
it's like to the point where like uh you know like truckers and uh logistics companies are trying to like are are illegally setting down containers in areas so that they can uh save time on delivery and stuff and like because like well what's happened is that normally at a port uh there's a lot of feeder truckers where you just take uh you just take a container and you put it somewhere else you know you take it from like one train to another that kind of thing where you it it's not crane operation you know and stuff but there's a lot of stuff where you need to oh well these containers go like half a mile over here to this spot that kind of thing but um there's no room for that anymore so now it's uh so now they're driving them and people out, like, still want to move hours. stuff out of the country yeah yeah like a lot of the stuff clogging the ports is just imports because like you get turned away if you want to like export something like what are you trying to do we're fully an import economy now why would you ever want something to just get out of the usa well and the problem it's is incredible. that uh, the u.s actually exports a lot of inputs for other countries industry uh like china is that like where are they getting their like uh you know, high strain, high uh, yield nozzles for their one injection machine in this fucking, you know, car factories plastic section in China. Well, there's a factory in, you know, the Willamette Valley that makes these nozzles, and you only need about 20,000 a year for the whole world. So there's just this one factory, and they can't export their nozzles you know that kind of situation is happening too yeah yeah i mean a lot of it is just food from america yeah yeah a lot of the food is actually uh exporting fine because it has a different uh logistics chain yeah because you can use bulk freighters it's very funny because um a bunch of companies are trying to, like, go back to the era of bulk freighters because, you know, you can imagine you're just one of these logistics guys and you just see, like, the bulk dudes, like, just chilling, having a smoke break, not having to deal with containers. And so I believe it was either Pepsi or Coca-Cola or, you know, one of the big beverage companies. They just started shipping stuff using, like, a rented bulk freighter. I'm not quite sure what they're shipping. Because as far as I know, like, Pepsi is just, like, water and, like, a weird syrup. Maybe they're transporting the weird syrup. Um, Maybe they're getting the cocaine they use to make Coca-Cola. I'm not sure. Uh, perhaps they're, uh, they're getting, like, sugar, uh, corn for, to turn into syrup. Um, also, it could be uh, material inputs for the canneries. Uh things like bulk aluminum and magnesium you know which it's interesting to see that move from containerization to bulk yeah in portland there's a lot of also used to just be bulk there's a lot of bulk uh freight in portland uh a lot of uh coal freight and grain and so you see like the coal cars come through and they just unload bulk onto uh onto either bulk freighters or barges and then um then you see the the bulk ships pull up to to grain silos at the ports and they just dump the grain straight into the holds things like that um i'm excited to see um heinz ketchup move to uh a uh, bulk freighter model. There's going to be ships full of that accursed crunch stuff yeah. that you see in stores. Yeah, like uh, yeah, just like an entire freighter of that, causing the worst environmental disaster when it <laughs> spills and leaks into the I don't know Oakland. Yeah, just just uh, a barge of crunch just spilling into the Willamette River. Um. <laughs> Uh, oh god. The seas will be red with crunch. <laughs> uh, uh, didn't they um as I understand, didn't they like just recently start 
running a like running a contracted weekly ship to Portland just to get out of having to send everything to Long Beach. Well, they actually opened up a whole, uh, they reopened a terminal here in Portland. Ah, yeah. And so... Flexport was recommending people go through the Panama Canal and just take an East Coast port. (laughs) And it's like, whoa. But... You know, it's 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 bad on the East Coast too. Like New York and New York seeing some like real congestion. Like it would be congestion that would make headlines at LA and Long Beach like a year ago, but people aren't really paying attention to it. The Gulf is also having like significant congestion. It's like every possible way to get your stuff into the US beyond like I don't know, air freight. It's pretty messed up. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, wasn't. Uh, I remember talking about this on like the supply chain special, but there was like you know, Savannah was like basically, um, you know, scheduling like export containers or something. Um, yeah, something that they just normally never did. Like, um, you know. Uh, yeah, it was. Well, those Gulf Coast ports are um, like barge and Roro operation with some like some container operations. I think the big reason why a lot of these like Gulf Coast ports started being more of interest is I like Walmart decided like, eh, why would we have everything centralized in like Los Angeles, the most populated city in the fucking like West Coast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we should have like a shipping network that's like closer to the main center of population and yeah so they moved in 2018 like a lot of their distribution network down there which was a smart idea considering <laughs> uh, let me guess it's all still stuck there too it's not as bad as L.A. and Long Beach. I don't think anyone's as bad as, like, L.A. and Long Beach. I mean, like, they're, like, even places like Rotterdam have, like, a, a, a bit of a backup. But, like, Long Beach is over ten times the, uh, you know, the, the amount of volume that's just sitting offshore than, like, significant amounts of, like, the world put together. Like, it's pretty brutal. Um, but I yeah, with all of these, my... with all of these like supply problems, this has got to be like impacting like the profitability of um, all of these companies that rely on either importing or exporting for their profits. And if their profits are going down, then why is stock market going up? Why is stock market going up? Why um, number up when number down? Number will never go down. Not anymore. Numbers have moved past the need for people, things, any sensibility. <laughs> okay, let's actually get into it. So... The supply chain crisis does affect, like, baseline profitability. But when you have fewer goods in the U.S. and you want to make the same amount of profit, what do you do? Jack up prices. Jack up prices. Um, What are we seeing in the news a lot right now? Um, Gas prices are $11 a gallon. Yeah, inflation's gonna be great, people. Uh, what is it, 6.2% year over year now? Yeah. Which is uh, kind of unprecedented in the US. Well, I mean, like 30 years ago, there is. I mean, you <laughs> know, <laughs> some stuff like that. What's you also have to really keep in mind that the consumer price index for this stuff is the most rigged thing in the world, where they like say, um, you know, the average CPI basket in like the 1940s and 50s or whatever, when they like first introduced this stuff was like, you could have a steak dinner and that would be your like one dinner a day. And that would be your basis for CPI. And like now it's like half a pound of ground beef. 
for is like your dinner it's just that and that's like the basis we're using now yeah it, this and is, also quality of everything's gotten worse and cpi will like really uh really really weigh things like oh you know like how how much does it cost to get a tv and they'll be like oh well you know like if you're if you're trying to buy a shitty tv the price has gone down 50 percent in the past 15 years and so we're going to like mark down people oh, as buying a tv every six months type thing like that's a regular expense people make and so this drop in price has really impacted inflation type things you know yeah well that's the thing is the drop in price of tvs has been like insane it's yeah. like 500 percent over the past like 15 years like i got this 4k for 200 bucks and like i guess some guy doing this stuff at the fed is like you know if i was poor i'd be buying a 4k every six months and it's like who has the space and like they assume if rents go up people will just get like smaller units which like there aren't smaller units anymore they assume people will travel less if gas goes up and it's like people have to go to their jobs except in covid you can work from home so yeah 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 cpi uh, is a pretty uh is a pretty manipulated index i mean like the the basket of goods is uh kind of like it, it at first glance it seems it seems okay but like the amount of times they like tweak it and and the uh consumption rates and stuff start getting a bit fucky when you look into it but we're yeah. seeing with they, with this really rig it's kind of like unemployment numbers you know where it's like the 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 labor participation rate can go down 10 points with unemployment only rising like three that kind of thing and yeah and that's how they rig cpi too but even with this rigged number it's kind of like how we saw unemployment break like 25 percent last year even with the rigged number and now we're like seeing cpi break 6.2 percent <laughs> even with the rigged number that's like i think you know you go into like a supermarket you can notice like the difference in like your average receipt that you get like going there and going out or like you know stuff not going on sale anymore i guess that's a bit of a diatribe but what i wanted to connect is i think this is sort of an intentional policy because the only way you can relieve the stuff happening at the ports is to reduce consumption mm -hmm. but so inflation in terms of like you know making stuff more unobtainable to people is really the only way you can stop people from buying stuff but that risks strangling the recovery of the gp that they need to make the metrics look good and well luckily, <laughs> the gdp is measured in pure number and when the dollar number go up yeah other numbers go up what what you can it's not measured there's no there's no real way of like like we could use a baseline of like a dollar like however many years ago and sort of like compare the gdp then to now but nobody does that there, there's no way to view it in light with exceptions of the dollar because the dollar is the fiction that everything is constructed around yeah that's that's one of those things where and it also is uh higher inflation is really great for uh for debt hawks so it's because then the debt becomes smaller and it, it's one yeah. of these things you buy the wheelbarrow for money with like massive amounts of debt you start your wheelbarrow warehouse and then you pay back the loan with the trillions of dollars people are bringing in to put in the wheelbarrows that's how you deal with inflation yeah and it, it, it's i mean and that's a good point about like how like gdp and recovery metrics don't actually have to um i mean like this is largely how we recovered from the recession in the 80s is not through uh increased like actual spending by consumers but through increased uh financialization 
um, of the economy where, where you just use um, people moving the money around and you just like, you know, like, ah, yes, this suitcase of money changed hands 15 times instead of 10 times. Our GDP yeah. is going up, baby. You know? I mean, it's it's something that, like, smug people in logistics say is that this is, like, the real economy. This isn't, you know, it's not financialized assets and tranches and credit and, like, you know, assets and, <laughs> uh, like... It's not fiction. It's the containers actually have to go somewhere. And I mean, like, yeah, 20% of containers mislabel what's inside them. Um, but they're more real than the, like, stock exchange. They're more real than, like, that one deli in New Jersey that got, like, a, what was it, like, a $10 million valuation because they changed their name to the blockchain diner. Wow. Oh, that's epic. So, and nobody worked for them either. It was just some dude in Jersey. It's closed. <laughs> so basically what you're telling us is that all of the stuff that they talk about on Trash Future, all of those startups, those weird schemes, um, you know, that kind of thing, those aren't real? <laughs> I mean, like... I mean, like, yeah, you can order a pizza from, like, a pizza startup that, like, you know, finds the cheapest pizza in your area or whatever, like, you know, you can get a, an electric car that you have to roll down an incline in order to have it actually move, which I guess makes it not electric, it's gravitational. Gravitational car, now that's really something. Oh, see, um, I, I actually, um, I'm actually pretty experienced in gravitational cars. Um, see, when, when I was a kid, we had this uh, very uh, high-tech competition where what we would do is we would, we would take supplies from around the town and we would uh, construct them using, like, really advanced tools and uh, advanced materials to build these like uh, vehicles where they were much like cars, but they were powered by gravity. And what you would do is you get to a top of a hill and you would race them oh. going down. <laughs> and <laughs> it was, it was pretty impressive. Uh, the, the ingenuity is some, is some next level shit. It was perfectly clean energy, entirely renewable, all, they were entirely made out of renewable resources like wood, you know? Um, it, it was, wow. you know, like, I think that like, you know, rural Idaho might be onto something with their manufacturing processes. People need to get in there. I have, uh, I have some angel investors in the Valley that might be interested in you. Um, I'll give you their business cards. Uh, you're, you're telling me these are all renewable? Yeah, all renewable. It's uh, made out of uh, largely just like plywood frame and then uh, plywood axles. Well, no, not plywood axles, but wood wow, axles. Wow, that's like, uh, that's Tesla build quality right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got uh, wood wheels, uh, largely um, wood glued together. Uh, there are nails used, though, sometimes. Uh, not entirely renewable but i'm sure that we can figure something out uh if we get enough investors and like i said clean energy you know um it uses uh the earth's natural energies to move around um it's it could you put a crystal on it to really attract those uh what is it <laughs> what do we call those people? The crystal moms? The crystal moms crystal... No, that's that's not a good joke to make. Uh, you know what? Like, we They're piloted by on. indigo children. <laughs> the, the indigo children. Oh, jeez. Indigo children have got to be I mean, like honestly, 30, 40 now, right? You know? Yeah, the Theranos CEO was an indigo child. She, um... Uh, her intro on like the company about us section said she designed a time machine when she was a child. Hell yeah. 
you know which is like yeah your gravitational car i mean that's usable you didn't just design it you made it yeah yeah <laughs> and you know there's this and, and like people people will ignore it but like there is like a whole uh underground network of people throughout the united states investing their own time and energy into developing gravitational automobiles um but speaking of gravity, uh, things that go up... The movie? Yeah. <laughs> things that go up have to come down eventually. Uh, maybe not the stock market, but the companies that are involved in this supply chain. Like, it... They... <laughs> eventually, you run Sorry. out of money, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you don't understand. This is the most profitable it's ever been to be in the supply chain. You can extort the shit out of people to get. Like, Maris just keeps raising and raising their oh, prices. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who are getting uh, extorted. <laughs> oh, the people who are getting extorted. Uh, well, I mean... Fuck, I I don't know when exactly like that pops because like we saw the issue with the tariffs. It got like a bunch of small businesses. Like there was a a big PC case manufacturer that just wasn't able to cope with the aluminum tariffs. The, Trump made them go up like five hundred percent. Case labs, like, that was it. Case labs. Yeah, case labs. And I don't know when you look around at COVID, you do see like a lot of like closed businesses. Like my uh, my favorite pizza shop. My favorite pizza shop. They're gone now. Same. No, they're gone. Genuinely, same. My favorite pizza shop also died. Like UFO Pizza. Aww, solidarity, Helen. <sighs> it's you know, <sighs> but okay. That's that wasn't the supply chain. That was just you know pandemic. But yeah, yeah. But like when we're when we're talking about stuff like you know the tariff, the the trade war, and then immediately going from the trade war into the pandemic. And immediately going out of the pandemic into into this supply chain crisis like there's like this huge strain on like just anyone who actually uh makes or uses products in this com in this country for their business this is well this is cock and ball torture for like actual functioning businesses this is this is ball busting which is why facebook is pivoting to meta where you will use unreal things you will eat unreal food until you start like like no like genuinely that's, like these no, canneries legit, are like having like canneries i've noticed are having like severe supply problems with their inputs and things like that where like you know there's there's so many strikes going on right now caused by uh this like forced overtime from people having to wait four hours during their shift for a shipment and they have to leave everything running and they have to just stand there like things like that it's 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 weird and then there's workers who have to do like double overtime to unload containers and things like that i'm thinking thinking what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to remove speed limiters from trucks <laughs> honest to god you know those things don't have to go 55 i'm thinking we could get those things up to 90 i could increase the efficiency of the supply chain like a lot oh and we should let them have their drugs back let them have their fucking drugs. Let them enjoy themselves. Let them, like, be a little bit distracted. Give them, like, a... Give them hero pay. Let them have, like, a TV. Honestly? Give them all, like, a free Oculus Quest so they can play Beat Saber in the cab or whatever. I don't fucking care. <laughs> we need to start... Whatever gets them to deliver the treats. We need to start uh, giving them treats. Specifically Panzer Chocolate. Um... <laughs> They should be allowed to crack open the back of the truck and take whatever they want. And I mean, I mean they can grab it. You know, whatever they, can't they can get like grab. Truck yeah, 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 yeah. You can't whatever, use yeah. like a forklift. Like if, you're, if you're shipping bananas, yeah. if you're shipping bananas, if, you know, if there's a good TV there, you know, 
Just let him do it. Yeah, that's that's whatever incentive we can get people to continue, you know, working. Um, yeah. If yeah. Either that, or you know, maybe actually invest in self-driving cars rather than spending all of your money on trying to, like Elon Musk. He doesn't actually invest like a lot of his stuff. You can't. Like he just throws it into space. You can get like Reddit internet, where like instead of that Facebook internet where you can only access Facebook if you're in India um, for free or whatever. Uh, you can only access Reddit, and you can only access Reddit if you have a neckbeard. Um, but you can do that from anywhere in the world, so long as you carry, like, a $40,000 piece of really high-tech radio equipment with you everywhere. That's yeah. called and, Dishy. You know, it's, it's a lost leader. It's called Dishy. It's called Dussy. That's for dish. <laughs> there's, there's a serious... There, there, there is, like... Um, but like that's that's the thing is that we're like seeing these like huge stressors where like people are just like hmm what if i just made up a product <laughs> that's how i'll be profitable i'll just make some shit up and then i'll get investment because because they they just issued 20 trillion dollars what what was the actual number ending up being with the qe and and like interestless other kinds of like interestless loans over the past year it's got to be like <laughs> double digit trillion now right like oh uh, yeah i mean like fuck i that's the thing is they're printing all this money but companies didn't start like penniless before this crisis they had a uh, 4 trillion dollars just in cash not in assets in pure cash in their bank accounts and we kept printing money so they could use credit to get stuff. And they reach their credit limit and they start spending some of that $4 trillion. Or they, they just spend a lot of money because credit's so low, like the interest rates. And that also like drives this like consumption that leads to like container crises. It's, it's a combination of supply and demand shocks, but... Yeah, a lot of it is like consumer credit. It's business credit. It's you know. Yeah, it, it, it's really uh, it, it it's really interesting how like uh, phantasmal this uh, stimulus has been. It's um, it, it's kind of it's kind of like an MMT type shit going on right now. Like MMT, I, I'm sure that those those uh, MMT guys are like fucking totally stoked no. now because like it kind of they they kind of prove them right in a lot of ways we proved that that stuff, you can just but... they hey not that you can just give direct payments or the government can just directly spend money but that they can just be like oh yeah uh here's eight trillion dollars to work with now just you use eight trillion dollars and they don't have to pretend that they don't have to actually, like, issue it from the treasury or whatever. They just give it, like, loans that you don't have to pay back. That's what they, they're, like, calling them and stuff, basically. Oh, that, that PPP stuff? Yeah, well, there's, Payment like... production. There's, yeah. there's a... I wish I had gotten how, in on that. I'm... ten nine nine. I I would have been able to oh. do that had I, like, known. I could have got, like, fucking $50,000 for free. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's like it wouldn't have even been fraud. I, I, I'm a small business. Give me, give me the money. I'm, I'm a small, business. small business. I'm a small business. <laughs> I'm just a little business. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so like, so, so it doesn't. So, so you don't think that like the bottom can really fall out on this? You don't see it happening anytime soon. I mean, the bottom doesn't fall out for the shippers. The bottom falls out for everyone else, yeah? Yeah. I mean, like, it, you know, we could see, like, just, I I don't think you can get the longshoremen to quit too easily, but, like, uh, like, truckers, I think a lot of the people still trying to give contract, like, truckers stuff, like, 
they'll still do stuff like refuse to accept goods or refuse to pay or like try and like repo trucks and stuff like they'll still treat truckers like dirt and they'll still have like intermodal rail problems and like a lot of the investment from the infrastructure bill um thanks to the fact that we cut it from six trillion dollars to 4.5 trillion dollars to three trillion dollars to two trillion dollars to 1.5 trillion dollars to fuck you <laughs> Uh, we we lost a lot of the, like actual spending we needed to do and like you have china and they're like advancing with like um they have like 5g in their ports now and i know that sounds like 5g in their ports no all that's just why that doesn't fucking matter and it's like well the cranes are also 5g and they just have like a guy at a computer desk who used to sit in the cab and he can control the crane pick the stuff up and do what needs to be humanly done, hit the button to send it down somewhere, pick up another crane, and, you know, do the human stuff, and just, you know. And apparently they've gained 30% efficiency using those robot gantries. <laughs> and, like, Singapore and China are doing that. Um, we're doing nothing. That's... Yeah, they invested in port infrastructure. They have rail. They don't just have, like, cool passenger rail. They have, like, you know, they have freight rail. They can move stuff. Like, um, they also have, like, a lot of their manufacturing, like, centered around the... I don't want to butcher the pronunciation. You know, the big river in China that Wuhan is on. <laughs> oh, Yangtze. Yeah, Yangtze. Yeah, and it's, uh... It's it's the uh They can send barges, they can actually send like some container ships. Yeah, I mean um, like up and down that thing. It's useful. Yeah, it's a it's a big river. It's a it's a lot like the Columbia in that way. And uh so so like do you think that like China is going to like end up subsidizing American uh industry? By doing this, so that they can keep their inputs going up, or do you think they're going to try to like cannibalize it, like the U.S. did with UK industry in the fifties? They're just gonna slurp it right I up. I think <laughs> the most viable option for like China is to just like cannibalize a lot of U.S. production that like goes away due to the supply chain crisis. Hmm. Um, that like fosters like having like us completely dependent on them and I, I know that's like usually like a conspiracy theory thing but that was like genuinely a lot of their strategy since they started opening up and like joining the wto is like well if you want to be a winner you got to be down to play and so they participate in like the global economy and they're able to take advantage of the global economy because they they have, you know, they are capitalists, but they also have the ability to not function purely on um, just the, the goals of the stupidest people in your country. Yeah, it's so funny because, like, like people will be like, we'll talk about how, like, China is, like, you know, the state rules over capital, not the other way around. But, like, no, it's just, like, capital in china is a lot more consolidated in a lot of capital ways. in china is the state yeah yeah it, it's consolidated but... and it's like it, it's represented directly through like state ownership of a lot of these huge companies whether they're like state directly state owned or state managed or they just have a significant state investment in them uh Often I, the state I, I is directly is involved in managing the capital, and capital is directly involved in managing the state. And it's a lot less think, um, obscured than like a lot of the representative. Uh, than a lot of like I do think there is there is some some wonderful separation that you know you know they don't have you know, capital doesn't have the full grasp because, like, Xi Jinping can just go, like, no, no, fuck you, guy that runs AliExpress, <laughs> you're going in the coal mines. 
And it's like, yeah, I guess you can say, like, Z is more a representative of capital, but it's so funny that, like, also, like, China was also kind of just willing to let Evergrande just collapse. I was like, no, no, we don't think we'll value out. And so they had to, like, actually scramble to start, like, selling assets and, like, making these bond things instead of just getting bailed out, like... There's some amount of control there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They definitely take, like, a long-term uh, interest, and they, like, see a lot of value in, like, the real economy, and that's where they're more invested. And, like, that's that's a, that's a huge difference from the United States, where uh, they see, you know, where we see basically everything has kind of been just, like, a scam since the 70s. They're just running and just running a scam just an elaborate scam you think megan mccain's gonna sell an nft like her dad i probably you know what like has she been kicked off the view yet i don't know like if she has if she's no longer on the view i'm gonna look this up right now (laughs) because if she isn't on the view then i'll say yes she's gonna make one um because she see, needs like, to Discord get that money. You see, like, the CEO walked that stuff back. Like, they got enough nitro cancellations. They're just like, no, no, uh... Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no she NFTs, she left the she left the view in July 2021. Oh, yes. So she's gonna... She's gotta do the NFT now. She's gotta do the NFT. She doesn't have that GC view money. She, at best, has, like, some Fox show where she's, like, treated as, like, uh, their token liberal or something. But like, it's gonna be John McCain, but it's not even gonna be like. It won't look like a political cartoon of John McCain. It'll look like they combined John McCain with one of those cartoon apes. It, it'll be. It, it'll be the combo. <laughs> oh my god! No. Uh, he'll 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 have like the mouth of it. Yeah. And he'll have an American flag in the background and, uh, like, a bomb saying, like, peace on it. And uh, Kamala Harris will be the one to buy it. Yeah. Um, in order to turn her 28% approval rating. Anyone else hear about that? 28%? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so funny when, like, less than, like, half the people who voted for you, like, approve of you. That's fucking... That's dope. That's a really good job you're doing when, like, a year after you're elected, uh, half when of the you're people... you're not in the who, news. Yeah. What has she done? Oh, my God. Well, uh, she's she mainly said, known for, Do like, not come. Yeah. She's mainly known for her, uh, for her, uh, edging, um, I guess. And so... Yeah, for... <laughs> She's got big edging mommy dommy energy. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, it, it seems that, like, we're kind of screwed. Are there any, like, uh, is there any, like, secrets that haven't made big time news that you know yet that you can tell us? Is there any cool stuff happening? Oh, um, I don't know. We've shipped, like, a million pounds of frogs from Taiwan for some reason over, like, the past decade. Um, uh, we called up at some point the the USTR to ask what would happen if China invaded Taiwan um, during the trade war, and basically the USTR said, well, technically we'd need Congress to recognize that Taiwan was a part of China before we could tariff goods being exported from Taiwan. So if China did seize control of Taiwan, they would get a free trade port, essentially. <laughs> Until Congress was like, no. Which also, I mean, World War Three would probably happen, but also, come on. I mean, it, that'd be such a play. It, it's possible that it wouldn't happen. There's, there's always the chance that it comes down to like, uh, you know, some generals. Uh, like the, the, there's some like, there's some encounter, and then like everyone backs off except, and then Taiwan just surrenders. You know, because that could happen. The, the KMT is pretty unificationist, and they control most of the military. And they could just, like, they could just hand over the military to the PRC if 
if the PRC handed it handled it right. But that's yeah. You'd need like a weird. You'd need some weird inciting incident in order to make that all happen. Yeah, which, I mean it might happen, but I don't exactly it, see how that could happen. Well, no, no. One the thing big... is that like one thing that could do that is if like the current government uh, starts doing shit like. Uh, declaring that like changing the name from like the republic of china to like the republic of taiwan or something like that or like officially giving up claims on the mainland things like that could trigger like a kmt i really like kind of i really really don't like the fact that they're called the republic of china and i'm not i'm not making this in like a like cultural way Mm -hmm. i'm saying as someone who has to do like sql queries oh yeah um when you when you look up China, and you think you got like a whole bunch of tariff goods coming out of China and someone's supply chain, and then you're you're writing up something to a journalist, and then just before you're about to send it, you notice the country of origin isn't China, it's China Taiwan. <laughs> stop, stop it, <laughs> just stop. Ah, oh, that was so annoying. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> okay, so big fun story you might eventually see coming out is um, there are these ships which before the shipping crisis basically would, they'd like roam around without like actually setting port reservations and they'd just float off the port of LA and be like, hey, can, can we slide in there? And, and it'd be like, it'd be slightly cheaper because, you know, without a reservation, you don't have to, like, hold the terminal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the dock workers show up and unload your ship. So, uh, you know, a lot of logistic companies are still trying to use those. <laughs> they're still, they're still trying. Wait. And like to not make reservations and try and like slide into the DMs of ports and like those guys are getting so delayed. Oh, I bet. No, like how are you even doing that? Like how are how has that worked in like six months? Like at all? Like I feel like they they've they haven't I, gotten a single ship in for like six months if they're trying that. I I think because now you don't really take it at reservation, you take it in holding. So basically they just take a place in the line. But they're taking a place in, like, dead last of the line. And um, I know Target has a lot of goods on those ships for some reason, because whoever's managing the logistics for Target is. Oh, well, wow. Yeah. Um... It's, is that insider trading? <laughs> hey, this is all technically publicly available information. You can get these through um, Customs and Border Patrol disclosures. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's the thing is that, like, you know, that's the beauty of having people like you is because we're not, you know, I don't even know how to access that technically. And, like, even if I did, I probably wouldn't understand what I'm seeing. But what, but, like, calling up people like you and asking like hey what's going on you know that's how we uh, yeah that's how we learn about a million pounds of frogs coming from taiwan you know i don't know what they're doing they're live frogs by the way they're not dead i like are you sure this isn't like when in world war one they labeled uh their new uh super secret armored vehicles tanks <laughs> to so that people wouldn't think they were weapons like i i i don't know like i i don't know i think i mean live i don't like but keep in mind this is over a decade yeah like a million pounds of live frogs i guess a million pounds isn't much but over why, why a do people want live frogs in the usa why do people want live bullfrogs I mean, if you, you the viewer know have... why people want live bullfrogs um Post below. Um, spend five dollars to get on the Patreon. Get on this Discord and at Noel. Yeah, and tell me. Yeah, tell me why. Get in the comments, people. <laughs> I think it would probably be um, just you know you don't want to eat frozen frog legs. That sucks. You want them live up until you 
get them to the slaughterhouse and cut them up for your Louisiana customers. Oh. You know, I always assumed I that you'd only eat uh, frog American frogs, but you're right. You're right. It's probably just eating frogs. So <laughs> I'm pulling up the shipping documents. Where where I can't find it. No, I must have like I don't know. I have so many spreadsheets of this stuff. It's kind of annoying. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of frog stuff. I don't know why. It's all the one company to one other company. It's like... I think it overlaps with the school year, so I was thinking it was like... Maybe you know, it's either frogs? people eat frogs in the warm weather, or maybe people are dissecting it. I don't know if people dissect bullfrogs. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I don't want to be like millions of pounds of frogs. I, I'm not sure if it's. I think it might just be millions of frogs. Oh, well, see, <laughs> millions of frogs is but different. It's from many containers. Of pounds of frogs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, pardon me. <laughs> but <laughs> cough, cough, cough. Yeah. It. Well, thank you for I, coming. Honestly, on the show. when I saw it, it was it was hallucinatory. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like we're kind of dragging on. We've ran out of topics to discuss. Um, but I, I really gotta thank you for coming on the show. I hope that like you know you could be a regular guest coming with the. Uh, Coming with the new news, coming off of the supply lines, coming off of international shipping, you know, maybe uh, maybe something cool happens and and you come on the show to tell us about it. Um, I had a really good time. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, gotta say that like uh, we interview these people so you don't have to. <laughs> you wouldn't want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I do have one last question, since I'm not sure we got to it. When do we get to eat the free market fairy? Oh, yeah. What? What, what do you... Where are you talking about? What? Well, you know, we're gonna run out of food after, like, the supply chains collapse. Um, so, like, when do we get to eat the free market fairy to, you know, squeeze out just one more day of fighting the, you know, the Dominionist friends. <laughs> the free market fairy eats us. I don't think you understand. It will devour us alive in order to um, keep the treat flow coming. Except the treats will be more and more expensive. Mm. Well, grim tidings suppose... from, our, from our special guest pert. Uh, our special guest spurt, um, talking about those special treats. Um, so that's about it. I don't have anything to like endorse. Um, yeah. Do you, do you have your own podcast to plug or anything like that? Uh, I have one that was recorded and isn't up yet because Bang is very lazy. Oh yeah. What well, what's the name of that one? We can plug that. Why not? I don't even know if that podcast can exist. It's in limbo. Oh. If I'm on again, I'll say the name, but instead I will simply tease. Tease, yes. If you're uh, <laughs> generally uh, in... If, if you're listening to uh, unreleased podcasts, make sure to watch out for Noel on Unnamed Podcasts by Unknown Hosts. Um... <laughs> If you uh, if you have access to my files, um, please tell me where the frog folder went. Please, please tell me where all those frogs went. And please, please, you know, you listen to the pod. Um, and uh, don't look in that folder labeled homework. You don't want to know what's in there. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you had a great time. And everyone who's listening, uh, you know, make sure to subscribe to our Patreon. Tell your friends. Uh, you know, 
uh, use blackmail if you need to, uh, coercion. Uh, get us, get us that um, bag. Threats of violence. Threats of violence. Uh, <laughs> any, by any means necessary is one phrase I want to, you to take with you away from this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not in any sort of like context of like anything in your life or the supply chains. I mean, in getting people to listen to this podcast, we are fully endorsing any <laughs> wait can we get sued for this? I, I, i'm not sure we'll, we'll we'll run it by our lawyers um <laughs> <laughs> i'm sliding into some lawyers dms going on tinder to find a lawyer and just sending them an hour of my podcast well this was chop shop economics uh we read this shit or interview these people so you don't have to this Bye, was all right. St. Helen. Bye. This has been Noel. Noel, motherfucker. Oh, you try. I guess using a pseudonym's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. All right. Bye.